Hello and welcome again to Porter Mountain Fellowship Women's Bible Study. We are in Genesis chapter 19 today with Susie and Kim, myself, and um, we're going to go ahead and get started and Susie's going to open us in prayer. Father, I just pray that you would shine a light on this word, Lord. Speak to us as, as we go through chapter 19. Show us how it applies to our lives today. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would just enlighten this to us, Lord, and to anyone who hears this. And we pray this in your powerful name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So Susie, we were talking about um, how this is a pretty, we call it a famous chapter for us, um, one we've spent a lot of time in talking about. And um, what are your thoughts on as we go to break into this? Do you have something you want to say? Well, I think even people that are not um, familiar with stories in the Bible probably have heard about the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm. And I, I think whether they understand it correctly or don't understand it, I think it's a story that even the secular world has heard about. True, true. Yeah, we, we picture um, Lot's wife. I mean, it's been joked about. It's been um, it, shown in different movies and things like that. So it's a pretty familiar story, like you said kind of setting up where we're at in uh, Abraham's life and what's going on. Remember the previous chapter we had just talked about how he had intercessory prayer for Lot. And he says, God, if there's even 10 left, would you save him? And um, we were thinking that probably he was definitely thinking of Lot and well, maybe Lot's influenced, you know, that many people, or maybe that's how many he's thinking might could be in his family. Yes. I think he was probably thinking of Lot's family. Yeah. And so this is actually when I was looking at it about 15 years since he had separated from um, Abraham in respect to which land and which direction they were going to go. And we talked about, um, Lot started, you know, Genesis 13. <clears throat> he had first pitched his tent toward Sodom. And then in Genesis 14, then he dwelt in Sodom. And then finally, he was sitting in the gate of Sodom in Genesis 19, 1, we're going to see here. And um, the gate of the city, it isn't like a gate, Skip Isaac says, it's not a gate that sits on hinges. It's a stone room built into the wall. It is a room that has, you know, maybe benches and there were judges or those who occupied a prominent position of authority or education stayed in the gate. And we saw, you know, because we're a little ahead of this in our physical Bible study, we see where um, Abraham, when he was bartering for uh, a plot of land to bury Sarah, you know, being in the city gate, that's where all that business would take. Mm-hmm. place but what we're seeing here is that lot had moved in well and i don't know if i read this um with one of the commentaries but it's like lot started back over here looking at sin and then he was creeping a little closer to sin mm-hmm. and then he got more exposed <clears throat> to sin and it can happen so easily to us. And then all of a sudden you're desensitized to sin. Absolutely. And he's moved right on in there in the, at the main gate. Yeah. And has become desensitized to it. Yeah. Well, um, let's go ahead and read verses 1 through 3 and, and, 
kind of look at those. It says, <clears throat> The two angels arrived at Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gateway of the city. And when he saw them, he got up to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground. My lords, he said, please turn aside to your servant's house. You can wash your feet and spend the night and then go on your way early in the morning. No, they answered, we will spend the night in the square. But he insisted so strongly that they did go with him and entered his house, and he prepared a meal for them, baking bread without yeast, and they ate. What's kind of standing out to you in the in those verses? Well, I think about when the angels and the pre-incarnate Jesus actually came to Abraham's house, how he got his servant going to get mm-hmm. the meat. He told Sarah, bake the bread. Mm-hmm. And yet here's Lot kind of trying to do it all, which makes me wonder about um, about Lot's wife at that point. You know, mm-hmm. wh- where was her heart at that point when he brought these men home? Yeah. Why do you think he insisted on um, them coming to his house and not staying in the city square? Oh, I think he knew. I think he knew what would happen to him. I think he knew the evil that was in the city. Mm-hmm. And um, there was still enough of his um, relationship maybe with the Lord. Mm-hmm. I don't know if relationship's the word. Mm-hmm. But there was enough of a respect for God's word that he knew that this would be wrong. Mm-hmm. And so although he had turned a blind eye in his own life, it seems he he knew that to let something happen to them would be wrong. Yeah. And I think some of it is then again that um the kind of hospitality in the in the east, yeah. you know, that, that happened. That, well in the Abraham we, we see him model time and again mm-hmm. and um I'm sure Lot had seen growing up, like it was just their custom um, to be that way. But we we definitely get the picture. It, it doesn't say that there's anyone else in that city gate that's bowing to these angels. No. And so maybe he, there's some recognition that these are some special men or, yeah. you know, or they are messengers of the Lord. Yeah. And that he is recognizing that. Um, and saying no, because he knows, you know, we're going to see in the ver- the verses to come, he knows what would w- await them in the city square. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think you kind of already mentioned that a little bit. But one of the interesting things here is this is the first time that unleavened bread is mentioned. And um, remember, leaven represents sin. Yeah. And so he is um, essentially trying to remove some of that sin in the environment in what he is offering to these angels. And um, even though we have no reason to actually believe that he recognizes them as angels right now, at this moment, um, we will see in the scripture here that it becomes evident. Right. Well, but he does call them my Lord, which a minimum Mm -hmm. he has, it's a sign of honor to them. A minimum. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, one more thing about, you know, at the gate that I had just wrote down, um, you know, you had said he made himself at home kind of in the midst of this sin. Mm-hmm. And I think when we apply that to our own life, when we make ourselves at home in the midst of sin, we can become very comfortable with it. Yeah. And maybe still not um, turn our back on the Lord, but be comfortable with the sin around us. Yeah. Not willing to walk away from the sin around us. We certainly see, and we will again, um, a few more times in this chapter, even 
the questionable choices that Lot has made in not running from sin. Yeah. And um, yet Second Peter chapter 2, verses 7 through 8 calls him a righteous man, that by seeing and hearing the things, he has vexed his soul from day to day, it says. Mm-hmm. So how hard that we would try to stay in an environment I mean, it wasn't that he was there. Clearly, he was not there to try to be a light and salt to the world. No. <laughs> but he's trying to remain in a sin- sinful environment and go against the flow. And it's clearly affected not only him, but we'll see how it affects his family. Mm-hmm. Um, yet, Scripture says he was a righteous man. And, you know, we got to examine why. why does it say that. It is certainly... Um, something to say, God does not expect us to come to him perfect. And again, we'll talk about that some more. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you want to read verses four through nine? Yes, let me find four. But before they retired for the night, all of the men of Sodom, young and old, came from all over the city and surrounded the house. They shouted to Lot, where are the men who came to spend the night with you? Bring them out so we can have sex with them which I thought it was kind of, you know, the men, young and old, were yeah. doing this. Um, you would hope there'd be, like, maybe one old man that would say, hey, boys, this isn't right, but young and old. Yeah. So Lot stepped outside to talk to them, shutting the door behind him. Please, my brothers, he begged, don't do such a wicked thing. Look, I have two virgin daughters. Let me bring them out to you, and you can do with them as you wish. But please leave these men alone, for they are my guests and under my protection. Hmm. Definitely when it says all the men from every part of the city of Sodom, um, like you said, it, it it's young and old. Mm-hmm. It was so prominent there, such a part of their of their culture that sexual immorality had no lines. Mm-hmm. And um lot you know as we had seen in in second peter it said it vexed his soul from day to day so we know that there was some clear lines in that and that for him he knew that it was wrong he remained in the environment and not because of change and so we thought, what was his benefit in living there was he so enthralled with the stuff he could have or the position that he had at the city gate. Um, well, I can't remember if it was, if it's coming up and one we've we've studied in you know in the last couple of of chapters, or if it's one that we read, but in the past. But it wasn't just the sexual immorality. There were other um, was that one that we had done in the past. It was it was a rejection of God. It yeah. was that there was an abundance yeah. of everything, yeah, an abundance of food, an abundance yeah. of, and so I that was the previous one. Yeah, I want to believe that Lot had all good intentions, but it kind of seems like he hung out there mm-hmm. because there was an abundance of stuff. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think you know I, I always try to apply to my life. Okay, so. What do I not want or I want to happen in my own life? And I think that abundance of stuff can yeah. just be a real um, weight that can drag you down. Yeah. If you're always wanting stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, here are these uh, 
<laughs> he offers up his daughters, right? Um, you know, take them. Do have we read that part yet? Yeah, I just yeah. read that. Okay, yeah. Yeah, take my daughters in, instead of, of the men. Now, there's a lot of people that have read that and then thought, oh my gosh, really? You know? <laughs> like that was just utterly horrific in itself. Um, David Guzik had said that, you know, prior to Christ, women had such a low place that a guest would be more protected than family. But to be honest, um, I think it was kind of a mute point anyway, because if you have an appetite for homosexuality, someone of that of the opposite sex yeah. isn't appealing to you anyway. Yeah. And it may be a, a, a way he was trying to maybe try to get through to their conscience to say, what you're doing is so vulgar that I would give you my daughters. Yeah. And, um, and of course, they rejected that. So... So looking here at, um, you know, let's look again here at verse uh, 5. They called to Lot, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to, to us so that we can have sex with them. And Lot went outside to meet them and shut the door behind him and said, No, my friends, don't do this wicked thing. Look, I have two daughters who have never slept with a man, and let them bring, let me bring them out to you, and you can do what you like with them. But don't do anything to these men, for they have come under the protection of my roof. Get out of our way, they replied. And they said, this fellow came here as an alien, and now he wants to play the judge. We'll treat you worse than them. And they kept bringing pressure on Lot and moved forward to break down the door. But the men inside, these are the angels, reached out and pulled Lot back into the house and shut the door. And they struck the men who were at the door of the house, young and old, with blindness, so they could not find the door. Uh, what are your thoughts on that one? Well, I had read another commentary on this, and I'm going to get it messed up because I didn't write down who it was from. Um, I want to say it, it was either from Morris or it was from Wearsby, that the doors, and correct me if I'm wrong because you've done a little bit more study on this than me, but the door actually didn't open from the outside yeah it was it was it, um, op it opened from, from the, the inside. inside so when lot stepped out he mm -hmm. really stepped out to commit mm -hmm. to protect them the angels yes um when he stepped out and um the other thing that i had read and this came from morris that there was no record of warning his sons and that could they have been involved in sodomy at this point mm -hmm. um, was one of the comments from Morris. And, you know, and I think that we can look and see the results of a compromised, not just a compromised yeah. father, but a compromised mother, a compromised parent. Yeah. You know, when we compromise, that's something that we pass on to our kids. Well, in another compromise we see here in uh, verse 8... Is that right? No, verse 9 says this fellow came here as an alien or a stranger, and he wants to play the judge. He's had no witness in the place that he lives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so he's lost that, and he's not been a light, and, light and, you know, to the world around him. And so they, they who are you to judge us? <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, and it was Wearsby that said, Abraham ended up being a friend of God, but Lot was a friend of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You can't be a friend of the world no. and be a friend of God. No. No. And the world will call you out on it. Mm-hmm. Just like them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Verses 10 and 11 says, But the men inside reached out and pulled Lot back into the house and shut the door. And they struck the men who were... I just read this. I don't yes. know why I did that. But anyway. you know, it's good you brought it up because that yeah. blindness... Yeah. Again, um, oh, I think you, you, you talked about it. Mm-hmm. It's a blindness with confusion. Mm. Not yes. just a blindness I can't see. Exactly. Yeah, you had talked about that before. Second Kings 6.18, it notes the type of blindness in order to save Elijah. It's not that they were sightless. It's referring to blinded with confusion. Mm -hmm. They're so confused that they can't find the door to break it in. Mm -hmm. Um, And at that point, Lot must have recognized this is, these are not just mere men. There's something more happening here. Mm -hmm. You know, recognizing that these these men must be from God. They must be angels. Um, Because something supernatural has definitely happened in his presence. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, verse 12 says, the two men said to Lot, do you have anyone else here? Sons-in-laws, sons or daughters or anyone else in the city who belongs to you? Get them out of here because we are going to destroy this place. And the outcry to the Lord against its people is so great that he has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law who were pledged to marry his daughters. And he said, hurry and get out of this place because the Lord is about to destroy the city. But his sons-in-law thought he was joking. You know, mm-hmm. he he warns them to get out of the city. And his sons-in-law, you know, you talked about this earlier. Um, we talked about the influence of him as a father and how Abraham, you know, in in the chapter that we're we're currently in a little later on is trying to find have Eliezer find his son Isaac a do, a, um, a bride excuse me and the care that is taken in finding someone that has like faith and here Lot's daughters are betrothed to men of this city who clearly have no faith clearly have compromised um perhaps have the same appetite as the men that are around him Mm -hmm. as well and they think that he's joking they don't take him serious at all well he's had no influence over their lives yeah and and i think when we when we look back at the things that even the men say um to lot he never had their respect he never had their acceptance you know he was probably was kind of a joke in the city you know yeah you can't you can't walk along the fence very long you know you have to make your stand one way or the other it's definitely a warning to us Mm -hmm. that um we can be saved but have a wasted life oh yeah yeah, um, I think when we get down to verse 12 and 14. Yeah, that's where we're 14, at. Yeah. Um, you want me to read that? No, we just read 12 to 14. Oh, we did. <laughs> <laughs> we, we're having a need coffee no, day. Okay, yeah, <laughs> we need coffee, we need coffee. Well, I think um, when we're down in those, you know, and he ends up 
you know, he can be saved and have nothing. And I, the thing I wrote next to that is, how sad is that? Mm-hmm. How very, very sad that you have nothing to show for, the, you know, the life that Jesus has given you. Yeah. And you die and, and there's yeah. nothing. They say, yeah, she believed, but she was of no use to anybody. What's worse than that is he leaves, you know, there's some... I don't know if it's confusion, if it's controversy or what it is about whether he had two daughters or four daughters and, you know, all that. Either way, two get left behind. Yeah. If that's the case, right? And and definitely um, others that could have been in his family that did not um, come with him. And I think, you know, it's one thing for us to die and have had a wasted life, but to us to die never sharing that faith with our children. Yeah. That's worse. Yeah. I mean, you and I pray for our kids constantly. Yeah. And I think... But there was a time in my life where I feel like, you know, I was taking my children to church. I always have. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd pray with them at night. But I can look back now and say, oh, Lord, why didn't I do it this way? Or why didn't I do it that way, Lord? Mm -hmm. So I feel like now... Now I'm working double time, you know. <laughs> oh, don't let it happen, Lord, that I Amen. would die and not have shared my faith with all these people. Amen. You know, and, and my grandchildren. I want my grandchildren to be ones that walk with the Lord and have a, a rooted deep in God's Word. And we know that Scripture tells us that it's because he remembered Abraham. Mm-hmm. Again, referring to... Um, the chapter before in 18 and that intercessory prayer that Abraham had is that he was praying for Lot, who was like um, an adopted son to him. Mm-hmm. It was his nephew. And um, and so looking at that, and as we read 15 through 23, if you want to read that, um, we'll come back and make some notes on that. At dawn the next morning, the angels became insistent. Hurry, they said to Lot, take your wife and your two daughters who are here. Get out now, or you will be swept away in the destruction of the city. When, when Lot still hesitant, the angel seized his hands, his hand and the hands of his wife and daughters and rushed them to safety outside the city, for the Lord was merciful. When they were safely out of the city, one of the angels ordered, Run for your lives and don't look back and don't stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the mountains or you will be swept away. Oh, no, my Lord, Lot begged. Now, I have to just stop there. Okay. <laughs> if I had an angel saying to me, run. Run. I wouldn't stop to argue with right. him. Exactly. I wouldn't stop to play, let's make a deal with him. Mm-hmm. Um, you have been so gracious to me and saved my life. And you have shown such great kindness. But I cannot go to the mountains. Disaster would catch up to me there. And I would soon die. See, there is a small village nearby. Please let me go there instead. Don't you see how small it is? Then my life would be saved. Hmm. I mean, would you be running? I would be running. <laughs> <laughs> and, but we see again, here's a, here's a guy who's, man, he's, Lord's already shown him mercy. I'm going to give him a warning. Send a couple angels ahead. Give him a warning to get out. And... Lot, still comfortable, wanting to be comfortable, I mean, Mm -hmm. um, in the life that he's chosen, not trusting God, 
um, he starts making deals with, well, let's not run right away. Let's talk about this. Mm -hmm. What if I, you know, <laughs> what if I go here? What if I, you know, but James 5.16 says, the earnest prayers of a righteous person has great power. And I'm thinking those two angels in the moment who are just being obedient to the Lord, doing what they were told to do, right? Mm -hmm. But do you think maybe, I wonder if, if, if the angels have the ability to also reason into themselves. You know, are they just strictly servants or do they also have thoughts? You know what I'm saying? I don't know the answer mm -hmm. to that, but I would be thinking... Uh, okay, fools. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> but they kind of show us that when they're mm -hmm. like, they grab, grab their hands, it tells us. Mm -hmm. They grab them and they get them out of there. It's like, they had to have been thinking, you know what, I don't have time to sit here and mess with this. I have a job to do and we need to go. Exactly. Right? But, you know, <clears throat> I think that Lot is still looking out for Lot. Yeah. And, um, you know, he still wants to be comfortable yeah. And, and and Lot Lot so much wants to be comfortable that he's still not thinking about God has what's best for him in mind. Mm -hmm. You know? He still wants to have all the decisions in his court. And uh so when he makes this um choice to kind of stop and hang out and the angels are like, listen, you need to get out of here. And, and we talked about that too um, in 18. It's almost a picture again of, of tribulation, you know, and that it's the same story, but just a different, you know, aspect of it in that he's, he's going to delay judgment until they're out of the, out of the area. Right. But, when we look at Lot's life and the choices that he's made here, and um, when we look at the choices that he's made here and he decides that he would rather go somewhere else than go exactly where he's being told to go or in the timing that he's being told to go, we can look at Josephus. And remember, Josephus was a Jewish historian, <clears throat> not saved, but a Jewish historian is written down um, his accounts, probably through word of mouth or whatever. Um, and he said that Lot lived a miserable life on account of his having no company and his want of provisions. And because the choices that it brings him to, he finds out aren't exactly what he thought they would be. <laughs> so chapter, verse 24 starts with, um, then the Lord rained down fire and burning sulfur from the sky on Sodom and Gomorrah. He utterly destroyed them along with the other cities and villages of the plain, wiping out all the people and every bit of vegetation. But Lot's wife looked back as she was following behind and she turned into a pillar of salt. <laughs> One of the commentaries from Morris said that possibly earthquake or volcanic activities. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw anything else on that. Um, I had just seen something about that they believed that these cities were uh, underneath the southern end of the Dead Sea. 
and which would make sense the salt content and mm. um that sort of thing mm-hmm. and then verse 26 there uh it talks about that how lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt and early the next morning abraham got up and returned to the place where he had stood before the lord um but lot's wife luke 17 32 through 33 says jesus said remember lot's wife whoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it and whoever shall lose his life shall preserve it you know she looked back intently and longingly um it can morris said it can be referred to like lagging back or returning back her heart was not in the place of following after god Mm -hmm. or um leaving the place that she loved and that is why i think jesus is always saying you need to turn when you turn you need to turn from everything don't look back on those things and longing for them look to me and long for me Mm -hmm. um josephus had said um that that pillar of salt you know when he had written it and it may still be there today. We talked about some pictures that we had seen online of where um, they believed that pillar of salt to be of Lot's wife. And um, Clement of Rome and Irenaeus had both also talked about that pillar of salt being Lot's wife. So it wasn't something that was just a um, figure of speech. It was you know, apparently a very real thing that had happened. happened, Yeah. And then, so when Abraham here, when it said that he had um, got up and returned to the place where he had stood before the Lord, he looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah, toward all the land of the plain, and he saw dense smoke rising from the land like smoke from a furnace. So when God destroyed the cities of the plain, he remembered Abraham and he brought Lot out of the catastrophe that overthrew the cities where Lot had lived. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Why didn't he return to Abraham? Right. Why did he not run? Why didn't he not run back to Abraham? Yeah. You know, I think it, it has to do with that whole compromise and, and his, he just, he believed a lie, you know, that he yeah. could... He could be one person and and live in this place, and I just think it's not possible. Yeah. To follow the Lord and live in the midst of something like that. It was. It would definitely be. Um, it would definitely be difficult, but the, there's a difference between being stuck somewhere or maybe being saved somewhere that you can't get out of, but choosing mm-hmm. to be there. Is something different. Well, and Lot's wife was from there, right? She was mm-hmm. not a, a yeah a woman. She from... was not a believer, Mm-mm. right? And you know, we can imagine that. Well, I mean, Lot probably had to share about um, some of the stories in his past. They had to have seen uh, when Abraham Abraham had rescued him from when the four kings had come to destroy them. So the power of the Lord has got to be spoken of, um, but it wasn't being lived. It wasn't being modeled out, so to speak. Um, But there had to have been some amount of influence so that when those angels said, let's go, that they chose to follow that faith. Um, But as it says here that he remembered Abraham, 
and Abraham's prayer. Um, but that prayer was, if there was 10, Lord, and we see here at the, in the end, there's only three. God's mercy was, if there'd have been one, I think God would have been merciful to get the one out of the way, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but just more to look at there that how not only is it important for us to be praying but it's gotta be modeled in our life as well we gotta be sharing it there has to be a witness and it is so hard for us sometimes to open our mouths and share and a lot of times the hardest people to do that with is your family yeah well i was um (coughs) teaching the children's church and i had asked one of the little boys, um, we were talking about sharing God's word and being afraid. And I said, well, it would, wouldn't that be scary? Like you're out on the playground and you go in, up to someone and you talk to them about the Lord. And this little boy told me, no, I do that all the time. <laughs> and I thought, oh, Susie, if I could be like that, yeah. if I could just not have any apprehension or if I could be that bold. Yeah. And you know what? He has an opportunity, Lot has an opportunity to be bold because one of the places that little Zoar was one of the cities that was set to be destroyed, you know, because there was, was five spared. cities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he asked to go to Zoar instead of up, up into the mountains where God wants him to go. And he's miserable in Zoar, you know, as we just said, Josephus said, he's miserable there. He's had no influence there. And, you know, I think, I wonder if the people around him who were saved, again, just because of the prayers of a righteous man um, through Abraham, um, if they, if any of them had thought, well, the Lord spared us, I had to make a 360 or a yeah. 180 or, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had to turn my life around. Um, but they choose then, we're going to see here, to go up into the mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, so verse 30 says, Lot and his two daughters left Zoar and settled in the mountains, for he was afraid to stay in Zoar. It wasn't cracked up what it was cracked up to be in his mind because there was no more comforts for him there. Mm-hmm. Um, he and his two daughters lived in a cave, and one day the older daughter said to the younger, Our father is old, and there is no man around here to lie with us, as is the custom all over the earth. Let's get our father to drink wine and then lie with him and preserve our family line through our father. And that night they got their father to drink wine and the older daughter went in and lay with him. And he was not aware of it when she lay down or when she got up. And the next day the older daughter said to the younger, Last night I lay with my father. Let's get him to drink wine again tonight. And you go in and lie with him so we can preserve our family line through our father. So they got their father to drink wine that night also, and the younger daughter went and lay with him. And again, he was not aware of it when she lay down or when she got up. So both of Lot's daughters became pregnant by their father. And the older daughter had a son, and she named him Moab, and he is the father of the Moabites today. And younger daughter also had a son, and she named him Ben-Ami, who is the father of the Ammonites of today. So... Well, that's um, a disturbing bit of information right there. <laughs> yeah, for, yeah, it is. It is. Well, and to think that they <clears throat> they didn't know the Lord enough to know that he would provide. Yeah. They didn't know 
anything about him to have faith in him, it seems. Yeah. <clears throat> They're back in a place of living in fear um, and not understanding. Uh, it, but, you know, commentaries say this wasn't about an incest thing. It was a desperation thing. Mm -hmm. To them, what they saw, they looked around and they thought, well, everywhere is destroyed and we need to carry on the line. You know, we need to um, populate the earth. And so... This is the decision that they make instead of seeking the Lord, instead of waiting on his response or his timing. Well, do you think they even knew how to do that? I, I don't think that they knew that. No. Uh, we don't see anywhere where... Um, remember every time Abraham has had something like that happen and he's run, you know, broke, broken away from it, he's built an altar. And, and come back. And come and back and yes. bow down to the Lord. We don't see Lot, you know getting out of whatever, you know, being destroyed by kings and going to Sodom and building an altar or leaving and fleeing to Zoar and building an altar, or going to the mountains and building an altar. No, we see him going to the mountains and he gets blind drunk, you know? <laughs> well, and it seems like his life is compromise after compromise yeah. after compromise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, then you ask yourself, what would, what would my life be if I was always compromising? Yeah. You know, I need to know what God's word says and I need to follow that. Well, and his daughters have known nothing but sex sexual immorality around them. Yes. So do they know the difference? I mean, do we hold them accountable in that, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and again, we look at his life and we think it, it, it definitely shows us one graceful thing. And, and that is that God doesn't expect us to come to him perfect. Yeah. He still considered Lot righteous, and that righteousness has nothing to do with us. No. It is only Jesus, the blood of Jesus covering him. Um, well, and like you were talking earlier as well, um, you know, out of Moab yeah. comes Ruth. Yep. And when Ruth and Boaz marry... Then David is their great grandson. Yeah, and they ha that falls in the line of Jesus. So yeah, Jesus, you know the Lord. You don't have to come to the Lord perfect. Yeah, and out of, you know, something that's compromised. Yeah, God can still. Yeah, you know, make His line great. Yeah, and we get a Savior. Yes, Amen, <clears throat> Amen. The one that's perfect. Any other thoughts you have on this chapter? No, I, I think it was, you know, for me, just um, super enlightening to be able to look at the difference between Lot and Abraham, mm. you know, and, and asking myself, who do you want to be? Mm -hmm. you, do you want to be a friend of the world or a friend of God? Oh, really, really good point. Really good point. Well, let's go to prayer. Father, we thank you for this very enlightening and eye-opening um, look, Father, not only at Abraham and Lot and the choices they make, but, Father, as we apply them to our life, Father, that we would not be people of compromise, Lord, that we would not waste our life, God, that we would seek opportunities to share you, not only with our family, Father, but those around us. Father, I know Susie and I both seek to make a difference. I'm sure that Anyone listening, that is their heart prayer as well, God. 
We ask that you would give us those opportunities, but Father, we know it's your boldness, Father, that your Holy Spirit will speak through us, and Father, that we would just be in obedience. Lord, I pray that we would always be in a place that we would come um, and build an altar and bow down to you and repent of the things that we have done, that we would always seek to, Father, to please you and to be a servant of you. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We also like to invite you, if you are in the area for Porter Mountain Fellowship on Fridays at 2 p.m., we have Bible studies. If you have comments or questions um, or any follow-up that you would like us to do, you can reach us at pmfwomen at yahoo.com. Thanks!